Hello, and welcome to the Faith, Health, and Home podcast. Joining me today is Kelvin Coleman, Executive Director of the National Cybersecurity Alliance, with tips and resources to keep you and your family safe and secure online wherever you are. Stay tuned. Faith, Health, and Home is coming up next. Welcome to the Faith, Health, and Home digital podcast. I am your host, Makiba Giles. Here we share information and resources for physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being to help families live an inspired lifestyle and encourage healthy living. Thank you for joining us. While October is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, and with the school year now in full swing, it is a perfect time to review and improve the ways that our families stay safe at school and at home. Joining me now with tips to keep you and your family safe online is Kelvin Coleman, Executive Director of the National Cybersecurity Alliance. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, Mikiba, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Now, um, first, we know that there are many challenges that exist for keeping kids and teens safe online today. Tell us, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've seen so far from your end, and is there any pending legislation to help to improve the cyber safety for kids while at home and while at school? Well, I, I certainly can talk about some of the challenges we've seen to helping to keep people safe, right? And and the one that comes to mind right away is just the availability of technology uh, to young people, right? Um, and, and by that, I mean, you, know, you kind of get desensitized to the fact that you have to secure these devices. Um, we are in a state of uh, continuous connectivity, right? There's no more going offline and online. Uh, we're just constantly connected. And with that, you know, being constantly connected, it can kind of lull you into the, a false sense of security that, you know, everything is okay and, and always will be. When no, we really have to promote educational awareness and training uh, in how to stay safe while connected. And this month, uh, Mickey, it's just a great month to remind folks of that. Uh, this is our 16th year of celebrating National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Um, this year we're emphasizing personal accountability and stressing the importance of, of taking proactive steps to enhance cybersecurity at home and in the workplace. And our driving theme for the month is own it, secure it, protect it. Um, and there are, you know, buckets and, uh, you know, sub-levels under each of those, each of those three uh, topics to help people stay safe uh, while online. Not really uh, prepared to talk about any sort of pending legislation, uh, but I can tell you this, Congress is very active in this area. I was just on Capitol Hill on Friday where we co-hosted a um, National Cybersecurity Awareness Month launch uh, with uh, the Cybersecurity Caucus on Capitol Hill led by Congressman Langevin. Um, and, and it was a great participation up there, a great uh, involvement and engagement. So I, I, I do know Congress is absolutely uh, active uh, in this area and trying to help protect Americans. That's good to know, and thank you for sharing that. Now, you mentioned personal accountability a few moments ago. Um, we've definitely seen many instances where um, high-profile celebrities even have been victims of identity theft and even blackmail, um, all from information transferred by them 
online. So we know if it can happen to celebrities, it can definitely happen to everyone else. So tell us um, what guidelines should both adults and kids follow to better protect themselves and their personal information online, especially on social media? I, I think you said it best, Nikiva, when you talked about you know these celebrities and they're sharing so much information uh, they make it, you know, they become easy targets or more attractive targets, I should say, uh, for bad actors, um, you know, because information equals, uh, you know, value. Uh, data equals value for these folks. And the more they know about you, uh, you know, the more likely they are to target you. What we try and tell folks, uh, particularly young people, uh, at, particularly as they use social media, right, this is a part of our own it. Uh, category that I talked about earlier of the three categories, right? Own it, secure it, protect it. Uh, and own it, we encourage young people to, uh, you know, be very careful with their social media account, right? Um, you know, we remind them that every picture you post, every status you update, every piece of information you share, uh, it lives uh, on the Internet and for the world to see. There is no delete button on the Internet right? Uh, once you put it out there, it's out there. And more and more people are uh, using this platform, right? We know that 3.8, you know, 3.4 billion people worldwide now use social media uh, websites, right? And this is an increase from uh, around 10% of last year. And we don't see that subsiding. That's only going to go up. Um, you know, you think about here in the United States, uh, you know, on average, Americans have seven social media accounts. And you think about that for a second. For the average American, now, you know, uh, of course, you may have three and someone else may have ten and, you know, they equal seven at the end of the day. Uh, but that's how many we have. And what we try to tell people is remember, again, there is no delete button on the Internet. Share with care. Uh, be sure that whatever you share, you feel comfortable with people knowing. Uh, we encourage people not to share personally identifiable information. Uh, certainly, you know, social security number, account numbers, uh, you know, if they can avoid sharing, you know, you know full name, address, uh, place of work, place of school. Because, again, these are all pieces of information that bad actors uh, can pick up on. Now, now, far be it for me to, you know, limit people in what they share, right? This is America and free country. And, folks are able to share what they like to share. We just like to make sure um, um, folks understand the potential consequences of doing that. Um, and, you know, in, in light of that, if you, if you do want to share a lot, then we ask you to consider updating your privacy setting. Uh, on each, you know, site, uh, many sites, many devices, you are able to manipulate your privacy and security settings. In other words, who's going to get this and what are they going to see and how are they going to see it? Um, you know, we say, hey, make sure that you're, you have your privacy settings at a, at a level um, that's comfortable for you. Uh, and connect with, only with people that you trust when you do connect. I think that's a big one for folks. Don't just blindly accept um, folks as they try and connect with you because, you know, in some cases they have nefarious intent. Right? They have not so good intentions in trying to connect with you. And lastly, you know, speak up if you're uncomfortable about something, uh, particularly young people. If a friend posts something about you that makes you uncomfortable or you think is inappropriate, 
you know, let him or her know. And likewise, uh, stay open-minded if a friend approaches you and, and says, well, you posted something about me that made me uncomfortable. And this isn't necessarily saying that, oh, I don't like Christina, and I think, you know, she was mean to me. Nothing of that nature. I may be saying, hey, I'm meeting her at our favorite donut shop on, you know, 112th and Lenox or whatever, and we meet there every Wednesday. Like, I'm putting stuff out there about my friend that is not, you know, my prerogative or right to do. And so we say be careful when you're even sharing about other people, including your children. That's some wonderful social media tips there. And we've also um, talked, seen also in recent news, um, Kelvin, where connected home devices that are intended to help our daily lives are actually maybe possibly putting us at risk by secretly recording, sharing um, private conversations without our knowledge or even allowing access to our devices from outside of the homes and much more. Now we talked about how to keep yourself safe online. Um, can you tell us, is there anything that people can do to be more proactive at making their connected home devices more secure to prevent those occurrences that we've been seeing lately from happening? Yeah, what, what a great question because now you're getting into uh, the aspect of, you know, what's commonly known as the Internet of Things, right, or IoT, uh, with so many devices connected uh, to uh, the, the network these days, it's just really becoming um, difficult to not be connected, right? Uh, and, and so we really encourage folks to make sure that with, with many of these devices, all of them practically, um, you can, you know, shake up your password protocol. In other words, you know, create a passphrase and, uh, that's unique and something that can't be guessed. Um, you know, you can come up with your own system. I know, I know people who, instead of using an E, will use a 3, right? Um, and, and you can do things of that nature that you and your family agree upon so that passphrases are easier to remember because, of course, I can absolutely uh, recognize that, you know, we have to remember a number of passphrases these days. Well, you can come up with a system, though, that can make it easier for you and your family to remember the passphrases to your different accounts. So that's one low-hanging fruit way uh, to help protect yourself and to help mitigate against these challenges. Make sure that you have a strong and unique password to these devices. Uh, make sure that you're keeping tabs on your apps that control uh, these various appliances and, and, and devices connected uh, to your Internet of Things home or your smart home, right? Uh, many connected appliances, toys, even devices, are supported by these mobile applications. So your mobile device could be filled with apps running in the background or using default permissions you'd never realize you approved, right? For example, you could have some apps that say, hey, we'd like to you know, know where you're located, right? And there are places within uh, your device where you can say, no, I don't want you know, application X to know where I am at all times of the day. Now, there are certain applications like the weather uh, app, perhaps, and, you know, your, your, uh, the guide app, that uh, travel app that's maybe, you know, giving you directions. Uh, yeah, there are certain apps where, you know, location is very important. Uh, but for many of them, you can disable that and say, hey, I don't want, you know, this app following me everywhere I go. Because, again, 
another vector for bad actors to use to uh, kind of you know, locate you and even you know, decide that if you're out, then they're going to maybe go to your home or, or, or something else uh, of, that, uh, of that nature. Uh, so we really do encourage people as they look at their smart homes and Internet of Things to check up the password protocol and make sure they're keeping tabs uh, on their apps. That is great advice there, and this definitely all falls in line with one of your elements that you're emphasizing for um, Security Month, which is Secure It. Now, some of the things that you just touched upon, and we're going to circle back to those in just a moment, um, I do have a question actually from one of our teen audience members, um, and you did answer the first part of the question a few moments ago, but uh, I just want to also ask the second part of that question um, just to get your expert advice and um, this audience member says as a high school student our teacher requires us to create multiple accounts through different resources now you did ask, answer the first part of the question which is how um, can teens make their passwords more secure for different sites but the second part of the question um, that they had was is there an easy way to remember which site goes with which password <laughs> yeah, that is really a great question. Um, you know, we, we have a number of, of, of options that we, um, yeah, we tell people they can consider, right, including uh, password managers. Um, we work with a number of companies um, that that's what they do and, and how they help people out. Now, of course, the password managers are not uh, bulletproof by any means. They're not foolproof, I should say, by any means. Um, but they do offer a way to manage the multiple passwords that we have. Now, the flip side is that you uh, now have a place where all your keys are, so you better make sure that one key that controls uh, you know, that pot of keys is a very, very strong key. And what I mean by that is a very strong password, very strong user identification. Um, that you know can give you access to those other things. So yeah, password managers are, are something certainly something to consider. Um, again, creating a unique phrase that only you uh, would would know about, and varying you know making uh, slight changes to that for the different um, sites. I think is a, another way to look at it. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying you know for one site password one two three four, and then for the next site password one two three four five. No, no, no. You have to create a passphrase or something that no one would ever sort of associate with you, and um, and and you're you're using that as your key to get into your different accounts. Uh, unfortunately, there's not an easy necessarily answer to this, but there are some very creative options to manage those things. Again, including using a password manager. Good advice there. Um, and speaking of a password manager, um, especially for young children, um, they may try to search for a password manager themselves online. Can you give some tips for how to identify not only a legitimately safe password manager, but also the one that would be best for their needs? Yeah, you know, just like anything else um, in this area, we like you to do your homework and make sure that uh, you're talking to people. That's the best way to uh, come up, you know, to to find the best product, right? It's just like anything else in life. You don't necessarily go to the car dealership and buy the first car you find. 
uh, you do your research and, and you find out, you know, the pluses and minuses of different uh, cars. I know uh, a company that is on our board logged me in. Um, they recently acquired LastPass. And so we know, right, through our process, that an extraordinarily reputable company. And there are, there are a few others out there, uh, I think, that will provide um, that vigorous, you know, trusted protection you need. But my advice there is that um, to do your research, to, to go out and, and, again, talk to different people that you trust, um, you know, going to your local technology um, shop that you trust, um, you know, that's the best way, just like, again, just like most things that we purchase, the best way to do is to talk to someone that you trust and, uh, and, and come up with a solution by, by incorporating that into your, uh, to your process. Thank you for sharing that information. Now, you also mentioned, um, touched upon a little earlier, about location services for cell phones. Now, um, as you stated, we know that enabling that location service on the cell phone can be very beneficial in some situations, like an emergency or even getting the driving directions from Google Maps, like you mentioned. Um, even helpful to parents who just want to make sure their child arrived home safely after school. But as you mentioned, there's also that danger that comes with it, too, um, of someone that you don't want to know know where you are, and also the mistake of maybe even posting on social media forgetting to turn that location off before you do. So can you just tell us, is there anything that um, both parents and kids can do to successfully walk that fine line when it comes to location services on their phone to better secure their privacy? This is going to be a very low-tech answer. Um, communicate. Um, speak with one another. Develop a plan that fits your family because I can right now tell you, oh, yeah, uh, this is, you know, what we do for my family. This is what I consider our best practice. When really the best practice is what works for you and your family as long as you are, uh, you know, of course, uh, utilizing the basic uh, security protocols like, strong passwords and making sure folks understand that the location uh, mechanism is only used for family and only used for those things that are necessary uh, for families to, to your point, uh, keep sort of tasks on each other, make sure they're doing well and safe. Uh, but a very low-tech answer is to communicate and to talk and to develop a family plan on what uh, you feel comfortable with, um, you know, as you go forward and try and and figure out how to really help uh, keep each other safe and secure. Absolutely, great answer there. Um, another thing I noticed is that some families do is just um, let their kids know to set an alarm, um, set a reminder on their phone to turn that location off after they've shared mm -hmm, their location mm -hmm. with their parents. So yes, a very mm -hmm. good um, yeah. tip there that you shared. It's all about communication, setting up what works best for you. Now, um, lastly, um, Kelvin, as a veteran of high-stakes cybersecurity post at both the White House and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, tell us outside of everything that we've discussed today, um, what final tips do you have for families to stay safe online and what resources are available for families to learn more about cyber safety? Well, uh, thank you, McKeever, for giving me this opportunity to do that because I, I'll actually go back to my last answer. I can talk about uh, passwords and I can talk about, you know, making sure that you keep a, a clean machine by updating your machine with the latest security software. You know, I think we've all 
um, seeing that, you know, update now or later tab, and a lot of times we'll say update later because we may not, may not have time, uh, but we want to encourage people to update now so that you can have the latest patches. So I could talk about passwords and, and patches and certainly talk about, um, you know, your privacy settings. Um, but for families and, and, and their children, again, the biggest thing I talk about is, um, that the family is communicating, that they're talking, that they have a family plan. You know, many families have developed a plan in case, God forbid, you know, there's a fire, right? Where's the fire escape and, and where do we go? Where's our meeting point? Uh, unfortunately, in school, uh, kids are having to do active shooter drills, right? Um, you know, what to do um, in these situations. In some parts of our country, they have tornado drills. In certain parts, they have hurricane drills. Um, in the same, you know, and, and, and you talk about that and you educate the kids and, you know, you develop a plan in the same way you develop a plan in terms of your, uh, the use of technology in your home. Uh, what's going to be our uh, proactive plan to manage our risk against bad actors? Because the first thing a family in, you know, Topeka, Kansas or Springfield, Illinois, um, you know, Redding, Texas or you know, Texaco, New Mexico, which is an actual place, you know, the first thing these families may say is, you know, hey, I'm not that interesting. No one wants to take, you know, my information. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, bad actors are constantly looking for vulnerable targets uh, to, you know, compromise and, and confiscate their uh, information. Um, and so, you know, the, the number one thing I advise for families is to make sure they're developing a communication plan, make sure they're developing a plan, period, uh, so that they're all on the same page as it relates to the use of uh, the use of technology. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. And just wanted to um, give some resources here for more information on cybersecurity awareness and how to get your family safe online and keep them safe online. You can visit the website of staysafeonline.org. You can also visit the website for the National Initiative for Cybersecurity Careers and Studies. They have downloads available there that you can use for um, tips and information readily available in your home to keep you and your family safe online. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kelvin. It's been a pleasure. Makita, thank you so very much for this opportunity. And I certainly look forward to uh, speaking with you again soon. Envision your brand, event, product, or service advertised right here in this space. For more information, please email us at adsalesinfo at faithhealthandhome.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Faith Health and Home Digital Podcast. For transcripts of this episode and others, visit our website at faithhealthandhome.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast and be sure to connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you for tuning in.